you could just imagine that I, I've got this. Um, what's ah? Oh, this is enough of a very niche cartoon reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've moved on from leisms, I feel, in this series, and we're just going for niche references that only a small percentage of our listeners are likely to understand. Welcome to How to Take the Lead, the podcast where we challenge the myths and stereotypes of what it means to be a leader today and help you to succeed in post without compromise. I'm Lee Griffith. And I'm Carrie-Anne Wade. And together we will be your guides, question everything we've ever learned about leadership, sharing our experiences along the way and inspiring you to make a real impact in your role. Visit howtotakethelead.com for show notes, past episodes and to join our community. Enjoy this episode. Hello everybody and welcome to this next episode of How to Take the Lead. I am Carrie Amp, those of you who might not be regular listeners, and I'm here with the lovely Lee. I don't know if you want to say hello. Hello. <laughs> um uh before we get into the I've been watching loads of University Challenge and I was just, I felt a bit like... <laughs> Were you practising your University Challenge moment with the wave? So if you're watching over on YouTube, you will have got Lisa, how Lee's going to say hi when she appears on University Challenge at some point. <laughs> Brilliant. I love it. Um, before we get into um, the bones of the episode, I'll do a little bit of housekeeping if that's okay with you, Lee. Um, just to say that we are on your favourite podcast platform. Um, we drop in every Thursday with a new episode. You can get all of the links for that over at howtotakethelead.com where you can also find out more about catching up with us on the socials. We are on Instagram um, and you can also sign up to our Substack community where for episodes of the podcast in series four, we have also been publishing, I've called them companion articles, but I don't know if that's what they are. It's, that sounds a bit old fashioned, but we've been publishing articles every week alongside the episode with a few more thoughts and some insight following um, on from our conversations. And if you are a paid subscriber over on Substack, you will also get some added extras, including prompts, helpful tips, additional resources. Um, so if you are into how to take the lead, go on over to the website and check all of that out and engage with us. Is there anything else I need to say about how people can generally get in touch with us or follow along with the action? Oh, and we're on YouTube. We're on YouTube. I mentioned it early doors, but yes, we're also on YouTube. If uh, hearing our dulcet tones is not enough for you, you can also watch us as you go over on YouTube. So I think that's everything. That's all the places we're at as uh, how to take the lead. Um, so I will. Um, well, first of all, I should ask you how you are. I normally do, and I haven't. Lee, I'm just literally straight down to straight business. Down but to business. How are you? Um, thank you. Ma'am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm all right actually. I've I've had a I've had a busy day. I I. Just not long got off a meeting and I ran out to um, use ablutions and go and get myself a fresh cuppa before I hopped onto this call for you. And I looked in the mirror and um, thought, oh, it's ghastly to go on television. Like, <laughs> um, And then I thought, what would Carrie-Anne do? Carrie-Anne would put on a lipstick. So I'm, I've put on a lipstick and it's elevated me. It's elevated you and it goes lovely with that top, I have to say. <laughs> that wasn't my design. I literally just put my hand in. It could have been like some vampy purple. I don't know. I would have just gone with it. 
whatever came out, it was potluck on the lipstick front. Well, I'm glad you're feeling elevated. I'm glad you've had a busy day. Uh, my day's been a bit more chilled, actually. I've been I've been having a sort of catch up day, which has been nice. And it's very rare uh, in the day job, at least, that I don't have a day full of meetings. But I didn't today. So I've just been catching up on my admin, booking in some of the meetings that I need to have over the next few weeks. I'm feeling quite on top of things, which is very uh, nice. Don't advertise that you've got a clear <laughs> diary though, because people will not allow that to happen again. <laughs> Absolutely. And also it was a good reminder for me to put my time blocking in for the chunks of time where I'm like, right, this is a time I'm doing a project. Yeah. This is my admin time. Uh, just So anybody looking just sees them all greyed out and they can't sneak in a meeting that I don't want to have. So uh, yes, taking some of our own advice about managing my time uh, so yes, thank you for asking, Lee. Um, so we will now get into the bones of this episode and uh, we are going to talk about disruptive leadership today, if that's all right with you. It shouldn't be a surprise because obviously some listeners may not think this, but we do prep for <laughs> these conversations a little bit so that we're all, you know, we're both talking about the same topic. So today's topic is disruptive leadership. And I was just going to set the scene a little bit about what we mean when we're having the, the conversation about um, being a disruptive leader, because we do mean it in the main in a more positive sense. So we're not talking about people being disruptive to be difficult and awkward and yeah, making trouble. Troublemaker is a good description. We are talking about disruptive leadership in that positive sense. So it might be about, well, it will be about challenging the status quo because that's what we're about here um, at How to Take the Lead. But it's about maybe those leaders who are willing to try new things, put themselves out there, um, but all in the hope of making progress and improvement to do the right thing. So that's the kind of context in which we're talking about disruptive leadership today. And I thought maybe to start us softly, I would ask you, how might you describe a disruptive leader? So what sort of traits or characteristics do you think disruptive leaders have just to kind of get us in that headspace? So I think the first thing is, yeah, disruptive doesn't mean troublesome because I think some people might perceive you as that and maybe we'll get into that later um, because usually it means something to do with change and people don't like change so they might label you you a, a troublemaker but that isn't at the heart of, of what we are talking about today. For me um, I think it boils down to someone who isn't willing to accept the status quo um, so you you see in organisations that mentality of, oh, well, we've always done it like this. And I think a disruptor is someone who asks why and they'll take a risk and want to take a step into the unknown. They'll be seeking to ask and answer a lot of questions that challenge the way things are done. Um, I think they're really comfortable with change. Um, and being apart from the crowd they don't want to just have that this sheep kind of mentality um, and really comfortable with sitting with uncertainty which which can often happen in in a disruptive space and I think successful disruptors have a self-awareness so they know when to push and when to back off um, and I think we'll probably get into some of that a bit a bit later in the conversation yeah, I love that. And when you were talking about um 
you said about being comfortable with change. One of the thoughts I'd had, I hadn't used the word comfortable, but I really like that actually. I, I'd kind of gone more of like quite optimistic that change can happen um, mm. if they're pushing or pulling at the right levers and, you know, have got the right strategy to, to make that change. So I think they're not willing to accept that the way things are now that's the way it has to be forever if yeah. they can see that there's room for improvement so yeah absolutely agree with you and in, in some of my own experience I found uh, some of the disruptive leaders that I've worked with to actually be quite encouraging mm-hmm. and um, so as well as that challenge they kind of challenge you in a in more of an encouraging way to kind of get you onto their same page with the thinking about about change and and making those improvements and I've often found that disruptive leaders do have that clarity of vision and purpose um, into the longer term. Um, and that's what probably drives their their level of disruption and desire to want to make that change. I, I interviewed a chief exec for my other podcast. And <laughs> it's all right. She is allowed to talk about it, everyone. We don't mind. It's what did you call it? The cousin of I can't remember what you called it. The yeah, cousin the, of the how cousin. to take the lead. <laughs> <laughs> but he he said something and, and in my mind was describing a disruptor behavior and he said he wasn't interested in best practice he was focused on next practice and i really loved that framing because it's helping you to focus on the need to improve and move forwards and and obviously not falling behind or, or maintaining the status quo I love that. And I've listened to that episode. And that was one of my big takeaways, actually, around that next practice rather than best, because I think there's a connotation with best practice that if you're achieving it, then you can just stop because you're achieving that best practice. But actually, it's about that drive, isn't it, to continually improve and and push things forward. So it's a good episode, Lee. Thank you. Enjoyed that one. <laughs> I'm glad you boosted my listener. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a link in the show notes, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so I think that's helpful in terms of setting the scene about maybe the type of person and type of leader that we're talking about in this space of disruption. Um, but I wondered if we could explore a bit more now, what might be the benefits of disruptive leadership? Because we've talked about it not being around troublemaking. Um, not being about just being disruptive for dis- disruption's sake. So what are the benefits of having a disruptive leader or disruptive leadership style in your organisation? I think for me, it's at the heart of it, it's about bringing innovation and new thinking and new ideas into an organisation. And when you do that, you're bringing an energy and an excitement to both the team and the organisation. So then you then you start to look at those ripple effects. So you have that. It makes you a place where other people want to work. You become an attractive organisation. You become known reputationally as as something that that does you know somewhere that does things differently, um, and people want to work with you. And I think it just it it helps breed a general improvement, whether it's performance, whether it's morale, whether it's reputation. And I think if we look at it from an end user perspective, even if we look at ourselves and how we operate as as human beings, assuming we all are human beings, um, or as consumers. Tick the box, I am not a robot. (laughs) (laughs) 
we you know we want more all the time we want things uh to be innovative we expect more from the organizations that we work with we want to see improvements in the services that we use and this is only ever going to come about through leaders who are themselves or are of others encouraging some form of disruption yeah absolutely it's that willingness um for yourself but also that ability to encourage and empower others isn't it to to get into that space where people are thinking and doing in terms of innovation transformation and for me it's about that journey of like progress so we just talked about it in the last uh last answer to the question which was around like moving forwards always pushing rather than accepting things have to be the way they've always been um so so yeah i don't disagree with with anything you've said there and i think the bit for me as a leader is actually thinking about the fact that it does bring results. So actually there are results that come for your organisation, your teams, like you say, it might be your customers, your stakeholders from having a level of disruption in your organisation. And it's about that openness to that, I think, for me. Um, I think it's hard to achieve some of those benefits if there isn't that open approach and encouragement um, for that disruption to happen. Yeah. And so I guess on the flip side of the benefits, we should talk about it. And you've already mentioned there is a perception sometimes perhaps that Mm. being a disruptive leader means that you are a troublemaker or someone who is on purpose trying to poke the bear, maybe as it were. But are there any disadvantages in your view, Lee, to disruptive leadership or are there any disbenefits to disruptive leaders? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it depends on a the type of disruption that you're you're causing. We've we've probably all worked with people who themselves might think they are being disruptors, but actually they're the troublemaker, and what they do is cause chaos and harm. But they do it in their view. You know, they believe their why is to be disruptive and shake shake things up. But actually, it can have a real negative impact on, on culture if they're not doing disruption in the right way. I think there's um, issues of pace. So some people move on really quickly to the next thing and people can't keep up with particularly, the, you know, in, innovative people. Their mind might be worrying. They might be like, oh, well, I've. I've said this for for implementation or execution. I'm moving on to the next thing, so that can be really hard for for people to keep up with. Um, and I think also it's the it's the so it's not just the, the type of disruption, but it's how you disrupt. So the tact and approach that you take to take people with you on that journey. So you're going to have people who perhaps as we said right at, right at the start don't see the need for change we've always done it like this um and actually you could offend them if you don't make the case for change in the right way um they might think oh do you think I'm out of touch or out of date and they might double down on their own own behaviors and thinking um but also if you're a disruptor you're you from a personality trait point of view you're likely to be really happy and comfortable with challenging things and you'll probably have a confidence in your decision making and the way that you execute things you may be happy with confronting issues because that's how you you kind of get the grit and, and get stuff moving on but the 
the kind of other side of that is that that might come across as intimidating. It might mm. come across as adversarial with people. And so, yeah, that, that way that you approach disruption is really important. Um, I think that is it. Um, oh, what's the guy's name? Facebook guy. Mark Zuckerberg. That's it. He he said something around um, move fast and break things, and that was his mantra at, at Facebook. And yes, that can be a way that disruptors work. But you can imagine in your organisation um, where you perhaps aren't known for innovation, you might not be cutting edge. To have someone come in uh, acting that way. Uh, you could just imagine that I've got this. Um, what's oh, this is another very niche cartoon reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We've moved on from liaisms, I feel, in this series, and we're just going for niche references that only a small percentage of our listeners are likely to understand. I'm not thinking of Wiley Coyote. I'm thinking of the uh, oh, oh, the Tasmanian devil. Oh, uh, the Tasmanian yeah. devil that he like whirls around and. Yeah, causes chaos. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot why that came into my head as I was talking, but anyway, that's the image I leave you with. And I think I think with that image in mind, um I think you're right. Like you cuz some of what you've described is about the culture of the organization, isn't it? And actually, if you're a disruptive leader going into an organization that maybe hasn't had that kind of leadership before it is going to take that time to take people on the journey with you and actually being a lone disruptor and not building into your approach to disruption that taking people on the journey that engagement that really trying to get the buy-in for the future state you're trying to create will actually be really challenging and you won't see those results that we've talked about that you can get as a benefit from from that disruption so I think that's really important to think about and you've mentioned already a couple of things that were really in um really in my head I guess around doing disruption the right way which was that change piece bringing people on the journey with you because you have to start from the point that not everyone is going to be on the same page at the same time as you are um so actually how do you get people to that point where everyone is feeling more comfortable, more able to accept that level of disruption, let alone then potentially empower them to do the disruption for themselves. Um, and I think sometimes, in, and you mentioned this as well early on in, in what you were saying, Lee, that disruptive leaders maybe have that were in mind that is moving on to the next idea all the time. What's the next innovation? And sometimes in my experience, disruptive leaders don't leave things long enough to embed them or to see the results to enable them to assess what the next step should be because they've already moved like 10 steps ahead or to another idea and I think sometimes that can feel a little bit dangerous because you're not doing that assessment and evaluation piece to go actually is the innovation or transformation or change I've put in place doing what what I intended it to do um, because you've already kind of forgotten about it and moved on so I think there is something there about that being a potential disadvantage if you don't have the insight as a disruptive leader to maybe do that evaluation and, and measurement piece and just take a breath sometimes and pause because that that is okay <laughs> and and also it's it's about knowing what are the 
wins you want to go for. Like not every idea has to be executed. Not everything needs to be actioned right here and now. Um, you can sometimes create a false sense of urgency. And this this frustrates me about organisations when they have to have a burning platform to get everything to change. And, and that's where we tend to fall down with change. If you actually look at... Um, the percentage of successful change programs in organizations is really low. It's like less than 30% of change is successful. And that's because, you know, process, consideration, communication, all of that gets pushed by the wayside. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. So I guess as we're talking, some of what we're describing really does sound like personality type and sort of character traits of people to kind of be working in that way because that is what comes naturally to them so I was wondering if you know there are people listening to this and they're thinking oh my god all of this is so anxiety inducing and it feels really scary to me because it's not the natural state in which I feel comfortable working can you develop a disruptive leadership style and if so, how do you go about doing that? Personally, I think you can, like with any bit of the leadership toolbox, toolkit, whatever you want to call it, that all of them, they're, they're like muscles and skills that you, you just have to keep working on. And it might be a really, really tiny muscle. It might be, you know, my glutes are killing me today because I did a massive workout. But like, it could <laughs> I had a lot of leg action yesterday, actually, so it really hurt when I came up the stairs today. <laughs> so it's it's like that, but being conscious about what it is you're, you know, you know you worked on your legs yesterday, they hurt today, but you're going to carry on going going for it and exercising it. Anyway, I'm taking that analogy a bit too far. <laughs> but I think that behind it, there is a lot of mindset stuff that's at play. So you might, not be comfortable with change or taking risks for example um maybe you need to work on trust and trusting your peers for them to be the disruptive ones they're all types of things you might need to work on as a leader um that doesn't mean that you couldn't get there but it it goes back to that self-awareness piece and understanding of where where you need to work and it might just be you need to dip your toe in the water you know if yeah. I'm, when I learned to swim I didn't go and jump it off the 50 meter diving board and just hoped it happens I, I had lessons <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you don't you know if you, yeah. you you're not someone who wants to disrupt don't turn the whole organization upside down start small and build on that you you learn you know this week my my level of disruption was I've been really thinking about uh, time and how I use my time and the concept of time and that we feel like we've never got enough time. And you know me and anyone that listens to this knows me that I love a Trello board. I love a notion list. You know, I plan everything. You are the most organised and planned person I genuinely know in my entire life. I've ripped up my to-do list this week. Are you all right? Are you all right? (laughs) That's me being disruptive to myself. I love that. I love that. It's constraining you potentially from 
I feel like this could be a whole spin-off episode just exploring <laughs> this with you, Lee. Or like, you know, what's it like the extra slice on the bake-off or whatever? It's like, I need to get into this at some point with Lee. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I can't, I can't do another year where I dick about with, with kind of different variations of tables and charts to try and manage my time because there will never be enough time. And because also the time it takes you working out which is the best one of those for you to use is time you could have spent doing one of the things on your exactly. list. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that's majorly disruptive yeah, to me. It is. My way of working. Um, so you can start small. It doesn't like- need to be... I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry, listeners. I am still astounded by this because of all the people I thought was going to say they ripped up their to-do list, it was not going to be you, Lee Griffin. <laughs> I'm loving it. I can't wait to see how this goes for you. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to be free and easy and flying <laughs> by the seat of my pants, but maybe a little stained because I'll be bricking it inside. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. Oh, what? What an image for you all, listeners. <laughs> Sorry, that was... Oh, I don't know what... See, this is what happens when I take away structure. This disruption, I fear, may have gone too far too soon. <laughs> You're like a different person. I've, I forgot this is going to live on YouTube. Forever. Um, <laughs> I will try to get us back on track at some point, but I'm still in this moment. Sorry. <laughs> oh, dear. I was going to, so I was going to say you can start by starting small. You don't need to like turn the world. Although I feel like for you, I've just done that. You've turned my world upside down. What's happened to Lee? I rely on you to be the organizer with the to do list. So goodness knows what's going to happen for the future of how to take the lead. <laughs> I don't know, I've still got like a semi. Okay, we're not, not going to go one step at a time, as you said. That's your point. One. <laughs> There's a lot of prank references going on today. I do not know what is happening. But anyhow, moving on from the pants, um, it's your point, isn't it? One step at a time. So you've not, you're not going totally out there with it. You've still got some semi-structure, which is making me feel better about everything. <laughs> it could be as simple as I'm going to start questioning every assumption I've made this week or, or whatever, you know. Yes. At the basis of stepping into creating a disruptive leadership approach for yourself is what's the question I'm trying to answer in disrupting this thing and there is a really good book that I I put for for our viewers I don't know if you can see that I love it disruptive ideas with the r and the i in quite funky font Leandro Herrero hopefully I've pronounced that right (laughs) <laughs> but he walks through in that book some pretty like everyday stuff that you could disrupt at work. So it could be looking at your structures and the ways of working. It could be disrupting how you run your meetings. And he gets you in each chapter to imagine what different would look like for each scenario. And then you start to plot out, well, what will that mean in terms of how people would behave? What would that mean in terms of how they'd work? What's the impact of that going to be if they start behaving and, and working in that way? What steps would I need to take to get us there? And that, and actually, in and of itself, is a really powerful coaching exercise. Like you, yeah. you're imagining your future self, and and almost doing that exercise is helping you to test the level of discomfort and disruption that you might be happy with. 
I love that. And can I build on what you said of there course. about the starting small and, you know, you don't have to want to change the whole world in one one foul sweep because I think there's something for me about um, if you don't feel as comfortable in that space, how you can get more comfortable there around creating a better relationship with failure. Because yeah. some of what I've noticed when I work with people is that the reason they feel anxious about challenging something or thinking there might be a better or different way to do it is because they fear that the new way might fail. And so therefore, they rather stick with where they are, because at least they know that and they can stay in the comfort of that. And they don't have to think about, well, what if the change I try to make doesn't work? So I definitely think there's something for me around that mindset shift, if you want to move into that disruptive space, around giving yourself and the other people that you work with that permission to not only try the new thing, but also to fail at it. because there's always going to be learning from that failure. So I don't, you know, I don't want to go down that cliche of a failure is never a failure and all of that kind of stuff. But actually, if you do fail at something, there will be an opportunity to learn from that and see what could change and be different if you try something else the next time. So for me, I think that relationship with failure and that fear and anxiety about failing at something is sometimes the thing that holds people back from wanting to challenge the status quo or do things differently or disrupt but that starting small and doing something that maybe initially only impacts you is the thing to do to try and get you into that mindset and change some of your behaviors yeah yeah F- failure is almost like one of those or or fear of or trying to create a scenario where you never fail mm-hmm. it's a falsehood like i'm always striving for I'm always striving for perfection. Easy for me to say. They're they're falsehoods that we seem to be kind of nurtured as as we develop through our leadership career. But actually, the most impactful leaders and the high performing teams embrace failure. Embrace good enough. Yeah. In this, in in striving for things to be better yeah absolutely so hopefully we've given people a flavor in that part of the discussion about the fact that you can try it out if this isn't the place that you feel most comfortable and confident in terms of being as a leader so I guess as we always do when we try to wrap up an episode we try to give people a tip or something actionable that they can do so I wondered Lee um to kind of draw us to a bit of a close in the conversation what would be your top tip for someone who wants to I'm going to describe it as step into their disruption if there's somebody who's like yeah this sounds like a bit of me or I'm nervous about it but I want to consider how I could be more disruptive as a leader what tip or tips would you give to them Uh, I would say just choose one area that you want to zhuzh up a little bit in some way, you want to kind of bring that disruption and ask yourself the question, what's, what's the thing you want to be different and what, what you might need to do differently to get there? And then you've probably got to do a whole load of mindset work to get you to, to take the action. But start, start by asking the question. <laughs> 
I love that. I think that's important, isn't it? Like what's the purpose of the disruption or the change that you are trying to create and having that clarity about that is what will help you to then work out what you need to do to get yourself or or your team there. But I love that idea of just start small with something so that it doesn't feel too big and scary. Do you know, it could be as simple as tonight I'm going to brush my teeth with my toothbrush in my other hand because that's going to really confuse my brain and I'm going to feel really uncomfortable doing that. But it, once I've done it, I might yeah. then want to try something else a bit different to how I've always done it. <laughs> I mean, it couldn't get more straightforward than that, could it? So the challenge to the listeners who've listened to this episode, whatever day you listen to it, is next time you brush your teeth, do it with your toothbrush in the opposite hand. And do feedback to us on any of the ways you can get in contact. But that's gone for you. <laughs> um, I, I think for me, it would just be about that um, giving yourself permission piece giving yourself permission to do something differently but giving yourself permission to learn from that if it doesn't go the way you expect it to that's okay it's okay for it not to go right whatever your perception of right might have been and uh, I know you've given a book recommendation or reference already um, but I would also suggest that people who are really into this and want to kind of really get to grips with it, perhaps read uh, Rebel Ideas by Matthew Said because I think that's a really good book to get you into that mindset and think about the sorts of behaviours that you might need to demonstrate to help others to think about disruption and change as well. So that would definitely be my tip. Good case studies in that book as well of of people that have done things in a different way. That, and that might even just be food for, for thought. Absolutely. Yes, food for thoughts, right. That's not Eliasm. That was perfect. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And those case studies will help bring it to life in terms of something tangible that, again, like you say, might give you an idea about what you could do differently um, to try this style of leadership out. So, yeah, that was where I wanted to get to in the conversation. Some top tips for our leaders. So thank you uh, very much for providing some insight and advice people listening Um, I would be really keen to hear about listeners experiences around this in terms of either being the disruptor or potentially being on the other end of being disrupted and what's that what that's felt like for them so do um, leave us comments uh, catch up with us on the socials drop us an email or the links are on uh, howtotakethelead.com until next time where we have another exciting leadership conversation Thanks for listening. Don't forget to hit follow to make sure you get the next episode. And if today's discussion resonated, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We also have our Substack community where you can get behind the scenes info, ask us anything sessions and build your network with like-minded leaders. Visit howtotakethelead.substack.com to find out more. And if you want to work with us to challenge and change leadership in your organisation, get in touch by dropping us an email, howtotakethelead at gmail.com or DM us on the socials. Until next week, get out there and take the lead.